record on the computer. There we go. <coughs> All right. <clears throat> Beautiful check. Okay. Maybe just this one here. So I can see if we have new people coming. Okay, cool. Ah, oh, all right. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to um, the Rising Phoenix podcast, the human design podcast. It's always a pleasure, you know, to have um, all of you here during this this um, live podcast every Sunday. Um, it is a six-two perspective on the wall, you know. It is it is really a six-two perspective. So when you guys come here on the podcast, you obviously gonna have. Uh, one aspect of you know the the truth or one aspect of the vision of the world because this is a 60 perspective so um, I hope for a lot of people who are not 62 here you guys don't take things personally don't take it personally or don't try to you know to uh, understand why you think differently uh, what the reason why you think differently or maybe why you will see things differently than us is because we are just all different uh, a one three not gonna have the same visions as a six two, so it is a six two perspective here on the podcast. But it doesn't mean this is the only and the best perspective. It is all perspective. So just to be clear on this and to clarify this, you know. Uh, so this is the season two and episode two, and today we're gonna cover the reflector and the projector. What an amazing time because today we have a beautiful guest, um, Fred, and I will do the introduction a little bit after. Uh, Fred is a 6'2 projector, a very good friend of Tom and myself. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Boulder, Colorado last winter. That was very um, delightful. And we have Cheryl, who is a projector. And obviously, you guys start to know Cheryl now. Uh, she's part of the team. Um, she's building this amazing community with us, and she will give her perspective on the projector. Uh, cool. So here we are. Uh, welcome again. Welcome back to uh, Tom, my amazing friend Tom, um, 62 manifesting generator, emotional manifesting generator. Just to remind you, um, and maybe Tom, if you want to add something about yourself, but Tom spent 27 years in design, uh, 25 years with Ra. Uh, so it is such a gift and a pleasure to have him uh, here on the podcast and, you know, offering his knowledge and his wisdom, his uh, off the roof today, re-engaging with society, which is um, a very um, beautiful thing to observe. And I feel very lucky to have someone to consider as a model for, for me and, and to observe someone uh, like Tom. So Tom, thank you again for being here. Um, we have Cheryl who is uh, on the roof today, um, beautiful projector. Cheryl, I've been six years in design now. She's a living your design guide. Um, yeah, what else can I say about Cheryl? Cheryl, if you want to say more about yourself, but uh, um, I think we, we know that you have a quite an interesting life for the first 30 years of your life, right? <laughs> of course, of course. So like all six. I think it's all part of us, right, to be a 60 and, and, mm -hmm. and myself. Um, so just to remind you guys, um, I, I started this podcast because human design is something that I really like. 
I really like, I really enjoy, and I really love. And I see the, the beauty of this knowledge. But to remind you, it is not the only tool. Human design is a tool. It is an extraordinary and incredible tool. But it's not the only one that you have, that you can have in your belt to create your life and to build your life, you know, to build yourself. Um, one of the beautiful things that human design can bring to us is to take back responsibility, to take back our power, to claim back our power um, in a way that we make our decision in life, you know, in a way that we are moving in life. And if I have to put all those things together, I will say life is about direction. Life is about movement. It is about how we move. And based on the decisions that we take, we take a new direction in life. So by following our strategy and authority here, uh, we have the ability to prevent not going, you know, to prevent on going in the wrong direction. Uh, that, that's what I can say um, for now. Um, I, I had the first 30 years of my life that was a, an experience. There's no mistake here, but it was an experience indeed. You know, um, I left school, I was 16. Um, and then I started to shuffle through life. I became a firefighter, I became a ski patrol, and at the age of 20, I was hired by the secret services of my country. So I spent five years into special forces and the black ops working uh, for my government. And at some point I realized, okay, that's not what I want to continue to do. And, and this is when human design came to me. So eight years ago now. Um, but I can say I've been really experiencing with strategy and authority only for the last four years um, so far. Um, the first, the first four years, I was still stuck in my mind, and you know the, the the ego trip and whatever. Okay, human design is fine, but I want to continue to do this. And, and when I realized how miserable I was, um, so okay, maybe the time to change. But anyway, so I'm very glad to be here, and I'm very glad to put this podcast together. I'm very glad to offer to you guys this possibility to learn with us to you know we, we are all here to learn and to discover and i just want to remind you something before we continue um because i've been lately very very irritated by so many people bitching and you know complaining and not being happy or whatever uh, bullshit i was able to observe here and um nothing is mine nothing is mine this is not mine. This is not my podcast. This is not my slides. This is not my knowledge. This, nothing is mine here. Nothing. You know, um, to remind you, last week we had Manesh um, who came here on the podcast and he was sharing his perspective as a 5-1, manifesting generator 5-1, a shaman. And we say shaman is being a servant of nature. And that's what I truly believe. I believe we are only here as a spirit consciousness, as a passenger consciousness, to serve nature. Nothing is ours. We don't belong here. Just remember this. We don't belong to the earth. The earth was here way before us here, you know? And we are only passenger. We are only experiencing for a little time an experience here. But we have to show respect for earth and nothing is us, nothing. It has been gifting to us. Um, that's one of the things that I wanted to say today before we start. Nothing is mine, and I'm trying my best to share from my heart, to give this knowledge accessible for everyone, to bring something for everyone, to have the ability to go back to innocence, to go back to what is here, 
love, pure love. That's what we are, pure love. And as Tom reminded me yesterday, there's only two things here on earth, love or a desperate act for love, a call for love. That's it. That's it. Two expression. We express love or it's a desperate act to express love, to a call for love. That's it. So let's, you know, think about this for moments and, and, and see how it resonates for you. But anyway, again, thank you for being here. And we're going to go into the transit today. We're going to have in, a look into the transit. And then I will let uh, mostly Fred and Cheryl, you know, go into the reflector and the projector. That's what we're going to do for this episode. And for the episode three, we will talk about generator and manifestor. For the two next episodes, we're going to talk about the type and um, what it means to be a reflector and a projector for today. Cool. Anything to add, Tom or Cheryl? No. Well, there's always something to add, Ben, and thank you for inviting me to do so. Um, I really appreciate the fact that you uh, are not claiming ownership, that you're saying this is an experience that you're having. Uh, it is true. It is something we are all having as an experience. It is all a very uh, strong learning curve or a remembering curve, depending on how one chooses to see these things. Mm -hmm. Because all these tools that are worthy of using, design being one, there are others we can talk about at some point, they're all trying to help us accomplish the same thing. And that is to get over the identity crisis that we all suffer from, mm -hmm. to get back to the knowledge of who we actually are, how we were made, who we were made by, and what that actually is. All of the misery that we experience in this life is based upon the identity crisis of the truth of that particular thing. So mm -hmm. for me, that's a great barometer. If it's something I want to slip into my tool belt to assist me, that's what its goal is, is to mm -hmm. eliminate identity crisis and get us to know who we are, all of us, mm -hmm. to know exactly who we are and what we're here for. Mm -hmm. So that's the opening salvo. And we have a very interesting day today, the eighth hexagram, the fourth line holding together. It is very role model-y in its intentions because it says, you know, to be able to observe those that actually know who they are, to, mm -hmm. to know what they are doing, to mm -hmm. understand, um, to lead by example rather than by word or verb or this, that, and the other. So, you know, as role models, we know that we have this view, but I would suggest just as you did earlier, we would not have the view if it wasn't for the one threes, the one fours, the two fours, all the way up that are holding us up. Mm -hmm. So each and every one of these were all created by the same creator. They are all perfect. There is no up, there is no down. There is only one of us here to tell you the truth. And the sooner we get to know who that one is, the better off we'll all be. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there you go. For now. Totally. And what a beautiful day to, um, to have the podcast today. As we can see, you know, you, you said the gate eight today is in sun personality. And what's the gate eight? Holding together. So it is holding us together in contribution, uh, to contribute to the whole. Um, that's what I, I, I really see as well. You know, I, I can definitely see we are here as individual. And this knowledge is to help us to get out of the identity crisis. And that's can, as you say, my only interest today. I can be very, very selfish and only looking at myself, but the only things that interest me is to know myself. You know, it's to, it's to actually uh, 
get the chance to discover who I am as an individual. Um, so yeah, the gate of contribution, line three today, so the trail and arrow. We're gonna make some mistakes today maybe during the, the, um, the podcast, but there's no such things as mistakes, it's only discovery. Um, anything else to say or to add with the transits? We're gonna have actually Pluto in 61 and um, what's the, the, the 24 um, Uranus, correct, in, in 24, mm -hmm. and we're gonna have this energy until November. So until November, we're gonna have this pressure from the head and the Ajna Center to try to figure out our own mystery, to try to figure out our own inner truth. What a pressure. Can you guys feel this at the moment? Anything to mm -hmm. say? Oh, Cheryl, can you guys? Yeah. Well, you know, it's an, it's an individual channel and especially it's, it's designed to think. So it's this constant thinking process. Mm -hmm. And because it's, it's, it's individual and it's all about knowing, when you don't know, you don't get the answers what you're thinking about. You can get, become very melancholic. Mm -hmm. So that's something, you know, that I've been experiencing. And it's connected to my 2324. So, um, you know, all this melancholy and, you know, if you don't know what you can do about it, because it's very creative energy, mm -hmm. what I'll do this, the last couple of days, I've just been listening to audios from Ra and mm -hmm. studying. That's how I get this melancholy out. And then during the whole reading or listening, I do get those, you know, aha moments and those awareness from the thinking and you know the insights from my 23 24 mm -hmm. um 23 20 43 23 so yeah so if you have been experienced melancholy lately it's really due to this channel and you know go do something creative go i don't know read or be busy mm -hmm. creating something if you're a generator if you project and go read or do anything you like mm -hmm. And we're gonna have we're gonna have this energy until November. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be here until November. So that that's quite a very interesting time for us to to observe that the mind is not who we are. You know, we're gonna have those thinking and thinking a lot, but that that's not who we are. So yeah, very interesting. And I think next week we will move into gate twenty. So contemplation, the gate of direction of the now. So that will be. Um, a good opportunity for us to really observe where we want to go to contemplate our direction so right now it's all about the contributions that we want to bring and then we will be able to put some energy into manifestation and communication for the directions that we want to take um, Tom anything to, to say or to add about the transit at the moment and, and what everyone is experiencing on, experiencing on a collective you know consciousness of course, it is, also, it is very interesting to note that all of these three gates that we are looking at, they're all very individual. Mm -hmm. It's all about communication. It's all about what's coming that's not known yet, okay? So it'd be a particularly good time to get into an incredibly receptive mode to the degree that one is capable of doing so. And we all are to some degree. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're open, that's what you're receiving. Uh, it is, and this is why uh, I think it's very beautiful that we are having a contemplation today about about uh, projectors and reflectors because they are nothing but open for the most part, okay? And so this is where the wisdom can be. <clears throat> when we see an open center to say that I don't have it, I, I really wish people would not say that. You do have it. 
It's just not a place where you can consistently make decisions, all right? But it is a place where you can be incredibly wise. Remember, definition is limited in its way of being. It's fixed and narrow in its way of being, therefore reliable. So beautiful in terms of making decisions. But to tell a person who has an open solar plexus that they do not have emotions, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I've been around a lot of them. They have a lot of emotions. They t tend to re reflect our emotions back at us twice as strong or just be very aloof to it, one or the other. But it is a place where you can be incredibly wise. So I think it would be worthy of recognizing these things, all right? These gates to start off with, they're all mutative. And then where do we go for the rest of this quarter? It's all the throat gates. Mm -hmm. So what we are here to express is the mutation. This is civilization. This is about taking the initiation and making it something more than just the initiation. The response, you know, the response to the initiation is only going to be of value if the initiation was correct. So we're talking about the pressure from the 6124, from the 360. Yes, but pressure is also pressure released. So rather than say it's nothing but a pressure, it's also an incredible relief to have the pressure of the non-truth replaced by the beautiful release of the truth. The truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. So just bear these kinds of things in mind. No one particular expression is the totality of anything. And you started with that theme. Mm -hmm. Well done. It is mm -hmm. all about being willing to listen and be willing to be present and see what your own response is or, you know, go to your authority. This is a useful tool, by far not the only tool that you can build a house with, but a very useful tool. Mm -hmm. to follow your type and your strategy in terms of how you make decisions about what you're willing to listen to. All this individuality, very deaf in its nature, it is only here to listen to what is of value and eliminate the rest. How are we going to get rid of the identity crisis if we can't know the difference between who we are and what's conditioning us, for good or for bad, by the way? Mm -hmm. Well, that's enough for now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so that's, uh, that was the, a little bit of the transit of the day, what we are experiencing at the moment, where we're going, what is happening, and the choice that we can make for ourselves. Last things before um, diving into the projector and the reflector, you know, the voice said, no choice. Uh, Ra always used to say, there's no choice here. Well, it's the illusion of choice. Uh, maybe let's put it together, you know, because we do have a choice on, on a certain level. You know, we do have a, a daily choice on how we're going to take our actions or where we're going to go or, you know, we have a, a limited of choice. But obviously there is no choice regarding our design. Uh, the design is what it is and it is for us to accept our limitation in the design, in the vehicle. And when we accept the limitation, this is where we can finally surrender. And this is where we can finally surrender to the strategy and authority. And that's when we get the choice, you know, to actually choose, do we want to surrender or do we want to continue to push with the mind? Um, so it's kind of an illusion of the choice. But anyway, that will be for another uh, episode maybe you know um, let's have a look on those beautiful images here and let's have a look on the beauty of being a reflector and the beauty of being a projector again welcome welcome Fred Fred if you want to 
um, say something if you want to introduce yourself. This is um, Fred's design here. So welcome here, Fred. It's a pleasure to having you. Fred is one of the very rare reflector, a functional reflector that I've I had the chance to meet and someone who have been in design for a year and a half, two years, Fred, now. But um, you're very, yeah, very two, involved. Two years. Two years, yeah. Please introduce yourself. Feel free to to share whatever you feel sharing. And again, thank you for coming. It's a real pleasure to have you today. And yeah. Yes, this is my uh, you know first time with your podcast. I've watched all your other five podcasts. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful stuff. I just love it. Um, yeah, I can just talk on and on. I'm not sure what to share. But I'll start with, uh, I met Tom, uh, yeah, it was like two, two and a half years ago. We were both in a Course in Miracles study group. And, you know, Tom noticed something about me. He said, I don't know, this Fred guy, he might be a projector, but, he, you know, something intrigued him about me. So he asked me out to coffee. And, uh, but uh, I initiated the request. He, he because uh, I had seen this human design thing on his Facebook. And this was two years ago. And uh, so what is this human design thing? I'd never run across it. And uh, so he ran my chart. And he said, oh, Fred, you're a 6'2 reflector. No, it didn't mean anything to me at the time, but he told me about it a little bit. And, oh, this has really intrigued me because I'd always been interested in, uh, you know, Briggs, Myers, and Enneagram type stuff to better understand myself. And uh, so I went right out and bought this book. I want to recommend this to everybody. Uh, this is Linda Bunnell's Science of Differentiation. So if you're on a budget and can't afford online classes, I highly recommend, you know, this book for $50. Get that on Amazon. So I... Uh, when reading her book, I, I was reading about the six, two, three stages and say, whoa, this is finally something that really describes me. And I just uh, put my, I had kind of a biographical post. I just upped it on the, the six, two Facebook page today. So anybody's interested in my story, you can go back to your uh, Facebook page and take a look at my bio. But I had, you know, I have 10, no, it's eight, six lines and 10 second lines. So I'm really accentuated you know, with the themes of the 6-2. And uh, the Saturn return had a big change in my life. The Uranus opposition had another change. And then the Chiron return, another big change. So that kind of sold me on, this is a, a path I really want to look into. This makes a lot of sense to me. And the, the reflector side, I'm still trying to get a handle on. You know, it, it seems to fit me. And, uh, but like I said, I've only been in, in it for two years. So I've been meeting with Tom in 2019, and then a year ago, I said, okay, I'm going to up my game, go to the next level. So I've been taking online classes uh, with Human Design America. And so anybody, again, if, you, if this is a serious path for you, I'd recommend taking an online class called Living Your Design. I think Ben also does that. And then the next one is uh, Rave ABCs. The next one's Cartography. And I just ate it all up in 2019. And in 2020, I'm started taking the professional training levels. So maybe another two or three years, you know, it takes a lot of study to be a, a certified analyst, but uh, uh, I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's some of my background. Yeah, thanks for sharing the background. Um, so question, how, was the, how did you feel when you heard for the first time you were a reflector? What, like, what was, you know, your reaction and how, and how can you describe to be a reflector? How does it feel? 
what what's for you being a reflector? Yeah, it's kind of like asking a fish what it's like to be swimming in the ocean. You know, you don't know anything different. That's been my whole life. But yet, uh, yeah, there's the stranger in a strange land feeling because, uh, you know, what, 66% of the people in the population have a defined sacral. Mm -hmm. And projectors and manifestors and reflectors don't. And so there's that difference. And, uh, yeah, I always, uh, you know, with my... 10 second lines, I've always been kind of a recluse. I kind of sit back and be the objective observer anyway, which also fits you know, the, the sixes and, and the reflectors. But it, it uh, answered a lot of questions and it actually helped me be more at peace with myself because I'd never understood why I didn't quite fit in with the rest of the people. And I said, okay, something's different about me, but I'll just kind of sit back and stay quiet about it and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, not really understand it and so it answered a lot of questions uh one of the characteristics is i'm sometimes it's quite dramatic i'm a, literally a different person depending upon who i'm with uh when i was at around the uranus oppositions when human design teaches people kind of get mature enough to find their their role in life and right after age 40 i was attracted to being a, a transit bus driver and as a transit bus driver, it's for the elderly and handicapped mostly, I have this continual stream of auric contacts coming in the bus. And uh, and I realized I, I could observe myself. I'm literally a different person with each person that I'm interacting with. You know, and sometimes it's not that dramatic. And other times it just really hits me. I said, wow, I'm really different here. I really like this person I'm being now with this guy. And, and, and then, it, but then it wears off and I let him off his destination. And then that effect fades. You know, I've had that experience my whole life, but uh, I'd never really thought about it, why it's happening or the bigger picture of it. And human design kind of answers that. And, you know, the other thing reflectors are sensitive to is the, the, the planetary position. And again, I know I just thought I was moody and I'd have, I have different moods depending on where I'm at. And then it kind of helps me uh, say, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. Like this morning, I just had this sudden pangs of uh, sadness, this melancholy just suddenly hit me. And uh, what's going on here? And then, you know, I look, I look at the transits and, and oh, we got all these individual stuff going on. And I wanted to mention Jupiter and Saturn's in 60, you know, for a while. And that's the mutative pulse thing. And um, I think I was feeling some of that this morning. But again, the pulsing is just there, you know, maybe for 20 minutes for me. And then it shifts away. It's just kind of helps me understand myself and be more at peace with myself compared to where I was before. Nice. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, according to everything that just Fred said, and just to remind you guys, so reflector people are deeply, deeply lunar people. Um, I believe one of the first things that I learned when it, when it came about reflector is how different they are, how different, different they are. But 99% of the population reflector only 1% and they are lunar people. The rest of us are really sun people, you know, we solar people. So that was a big, big, big difference for me when I met the reflector for the first time. It was to actually being able to observe how the reflector, and you can see here the aura of the reflector, it's deeply, 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 um, it, it's like a, a sample. 
you know, he's, Fred is like tasting everyone, you know, he's like tasting which person and, and this one and tasting the environment, tasting wherever they are going. They're just a sample of the environment. So that's the reflection of the environment, right? Um, so that was very interesting to have a look. Um, Fred or Tom, is anything you want to add, share about the reflector? Um, what's the role for the reflector, Fred? How would you, how would you see yourself or how would you describe, you know, the role of a reflector today in our society? Um, again, you know, this is relatively new to me to uh, try to get a handle on this. Uh, and and in, the, in the personal sense, you know, the reflector population, uh, you know, there's a vast spectrum there as well. We're all 12 profiles, of course, and we're all, all the different incarnation crosses. So, no, you, you can't really stereotype reflectors, you, you know, talk about them in a general way, but we all have our own little piece of the crossword puzzle where we're involved. And uh, for me, it, uh, it's like I'm just starting to feel this with my uh, human design classes. It's, I've gotten feedback from my classmates that when a reflector is present in a class, you know, even if they're, they're not talking that much, there's something about an energetic coherence in, or it's, they said that it feels like the class is more organized and more coherent or something like things flow better when, when the, the reflector's energy is, is present, even if uh, we're not saying anything verbally, it's just maybe the, the, the presence of it adds to it. Um, and of course, uh, since I don't have any fixed definitions, I'm sensitive um, to what's going on in other people. But at the same time, I'm a different person every day because the, the planets are hitting me differently. I, I checked my transits this morning and I have like six channels defined uh, and I have uh, eight of the nine centers defined. Mm -hmm. But I suspect it's not the same sort of definition as non-reflector definitions because I think my reflector aura stays the same. Um, so, so what you uh, say is that like, every reflector gonna have a different experience every day based on the transit that will define or activate the definition like the gate dormant gate that they have in their design correct right right and uh so today i've got a bunch of neat channels here um the sun's an eight so it goes against my one so i've got the one eight channel of inspiration the creative role model which gets me to really shine here in the other days i just want to go hide in the closet with all my my second lines <laughs> <laughs> and uh i've got uh, uh the moon's in 25 so we picked a nice day for this like with my 51 i got that same channel that ben likes the 51 25 channel of initiation and willingness to go first in the in new realms. You know? mm -hmm. And of course, uh, uh, who's in 35? Mercury's in 35. So that's today I've got the 35, 36, mm -hmm. uh, jack of all trades, transitoriness. And you know, I, I'm all wired up today. You can tell Mars is in 55 against my 39 mm -hmm. channel of emoting uh, and moodiness. Of course, then that gets whammed again with all the uh, individual stuff going on with uh, uh, 
Yeah, Jupiter and, you, and, and your, your your incarnation cross is the cross of the individualism. So you yeah. you have a lot of individuality going on today, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and so yeah, again, human design introduced me to the idea of the three the three circuits of the collective, the individual, and the tribal, and they each have their sets of themes. And uh, yeah, so I really you know related to that because I'm very individual related with. All main, all main incarnation cross gates are in the circuit of, of the individual. So can you say, can you say as a reflector, you're someone who deeply, deeply, deeply can feel, you know, the different uh, circuitry, someone who can deeply experience the collective or the individual or the tribal, you know, is it, is it something that you can relate to? Yeah, it, again, uh, Studying it and taking the classes has helped me kind of tune into that because um, uh, when I look at someone's chart now and get to know somebody and when they're heavy collective, okay, there's that little different feel to them versus someone who has an individual bias or someone who has a, a tribal bias. I'm, I'm learning to identify that as I get to know people and, and look at their charts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying earlier the you know you're asking the role of reflector, but again it it varies quite quite a bit. You know, some reflectors will be uh, can be a collective reflector who are tuned in to the you know the collective frequencies of their community and and uh, and such and and give feedback for the uh, collective wisdom. Now I'm not really that way. I'm I'm very individual, yeah. mutative. Uh, throw in the six line themes. I'm I'm in the future. I'm in the big picture. So I I don't pay a whole lot of attention to politics these days yeah. or what's going on in the collective. I you know that you know you know Tom and I are tuned into that. What's happening in the, in you know the next ten years? Yeah, yeah. Know, point of view. Thank you. Well, thank you for yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, I have more questions for you, but um, let's go to the other side a little bit. Let, let's, let's talk about the, the projector a little bit and the aura of the projector. And then we can, you know, we, we, we have time today to really bounce between reflector and projector. And, and I have a few questions about like, what's the role of those two types? And I want to discuss of this with, uh, with Tom and you guys, like what's the role of a projector today? How can be a projector, you know, work in this society, how can it be functional? And same for the reflector. So I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit later, but let's have a look um, on projector right now with Cheryl. So again, welcome here, Cheryl. <laughs> um, Thank you. Is anything, Cheryl, that you want to say about being a projector, you know, because I just remind people, this is the, the aura projector, who is a very focusing penetrating aura it, it's a very um it's like a bow and arrow you know and as a generator if i have to describe how i feel when i see a projector it it's like a bow and arrow you know it's it, it penetrates my aura i feel like whoa okay someone is is entering in me you know i feel i feel you guys have like a x-ray you know you, you can like read or scan people you know it's kind of interesting so please um yeah. yeah, so that's so true. We have a focused aura and it's very penetrating and, you know, it's a gift and it's a curse at the same time sometimes because when I go to a public place and I stand in line, I don't like to stand like directly behind the person in line 
because I really can feel I'm penetrating their aura. And I always love to wear my sunglasses because the moment I look at someone and I stare for a few seconds, they turn around and they look my way. And that's so, yeah, 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 yeah. That's something you can really experiment with if you're a projector. You know, go somewhere public with your sunglasses because, you know, they don't have to see that you're really watching them. So go and stare to random people. That's just, you know, to see how focused and penetrating and how, um, um, how do you say, is that the word intrusive? Is that the yeah. right word? If, yeah. if you're not invited, you know how intrusive this oh. energy can feel. Oh, wow. To, especially wow. to other types, like even for other projectors, when I'm with other projectors, you know, I don't even like it when they are, you know, yeah. observing me and watching me and mm -hmm. reading me because mm -hmm. that's our gift. We're, we're here yeah. to read you, read the G center because that's how our um, aura um, focuses on the G center of another person. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what type it is. Yeah. And it can be very, you know, doesn't feel good if you're not invited. And, you know, I've been a projector and, and, and unhealthy incorrect projector you know saying things without being invited because i see stuff and i've observed stuff and i thought it's my responsibility to share it mm -hmm. so please you know as projectors don't 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 share without being invited mm -hmm. and i can remember during my um when I started taking the foundation classes and really getting into experimenting with my strategy and authority, and I was taking in all these audios and, and lectures, and there's one from Randy Richmond. Um, I don't know if you remember that one, Ben. I think Tom will remember that one. It's the one that, um, it's, I think it was the 20-year anniversary of human design, mm -hmm. and he was talking about the projectors, and he said, projectors just need to learn how to shut up. Shut up. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, that's harsh. But my whole body actually reacted and was like, that's so true. We need to learn how to shut up. You know, so that's what I did. I started shutting up when I was in a group. I just, just sit there, maybe smile and nod. And I had so many things to share, but I was like, you know, it, must I, be, it must have been a pain in the ass for you to not saying things, right? Yeah, I can see how challenging it, it, it must have been. You know, you have this 43, 23 at the moment, you're not invited. You're going to be a freak. People look at yeah, you. Yeah, and, and it depends on the invitation because that's something we projectors need to feel out as well. You know, there's different type of invitations and you, can, you have to learn how to feel the energy. Because if I'm invited to share, that doesn't mean I will share, like I will have, uh, ha um, start sharing a lot of information. It depends on uh, if it's a really um, a invitation that I'm recognized in. Mm. You know, if someone so really saying, sees me. So are you saying that not all the invitations are correct for you? Exactly, mm. exactly. No, no. And, you know, when you start doing this, you're so desperately yearning for invitation. Like, so every time someone invites you, you're like, oh, yay, I'm invited. Let's do this. And yeah. then you feel like, uh-oh. 
Yeah. Um, no, they don't see me. I don't feel correct in this place. I don't feel correct. Um, that's why the group. Yeah, that's why the the the, the mechanism of listening to the authority when you get the invitation is very important because it will mm -hmm. help you to discern if it's a correct invitation or not, right? Exactly, exactly. And also, if you say yes to an, an incorrect invitation, which I actually invite you projectors to experiment with because feeling what an incorrect invitation is, that's how you learn. Mm. So even if you said yes to something that was actually no, because I have the spleen, which is so, so very quiet and it talks only when I, my life is really in danger, that's when it screams. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in really um, invitations that I didn't like and it, it can still happen, but now I'm really, um, like you said, I have to discern what invitation is correct for me. I have, I, in my, before I got on the roof, I used to do hair. I had my hair salon. That's about 10 years ago. When I got on the roof, I didn't like it anymore. So I quit, closed my salon. But I have still people, you know, when they see me, or if I meet them and they ask you what um, you're doing, what, have you, what you have done, they will invite me to do their hair. Mm -hmm. And that is not a correct invitation to me, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and what happens, what happens because the mind wants to take over mm -hmm. and we be like, no, it's a good invitation because if you do hair, you will make money, yeah. you know, and you need the money, you know, stuff like that will happen. Yeah. So, yeah. I think what I'm, what I'm getting from you, what you're sharing and, um, and, and also, you know, you have been one of the, the projectors that have spent the, the biggest time maybe with, you know, and learning with you, having your guidance, you know, and et cetera. But um, it, it's really about the recognition. That's what mm -hmm. projector of really looking, it's actually the recognition. So through the invitation, they have to be able to see if they get the recognition so the invitation is correct, but if there's no recognition and, and the recognition can be not self. So if someone exactly. sends an invitation and say, hey, uh, I know you're a very hard worker and I want you to work for like uh, 10 hours and to work on this project and find inspiration and blah, 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 that, that may be not correct for you. Exactly. It's exactly. the recognition of the not self, but not of who you truly are, right? Exactly. It's the recognition of your design, you know, for me, if I'm recognized for my, you know, the channels I have, it's recognition for the guidance as well. Because if you're invited to do a lot of work, uh, we're not here to do labor, like, I mean, physical labor. Yeah. And if we do physical labor, we have a job where it, it's, it's, it, it, it asks a lot of your physical energy. You should have the opportunity uh, to have breaks. Mm -hmm. So if you get invited, and you say you, especially say you're an emotional person. Mm -hmm. For a splenic, if I get invited, I can in the moment, I can, you know, say yes or no. Mm -hmm. But say you're an emotional person and you need to know more about this job and you start asking questions. You could say like, uh, okay, it's a, it's, it's a 10 hour job and I cannot do that 10 hours physically. Can I have a break? Every two hours, can I have a break? And if they're like, no, you can do it, then they don't see you. Mm. But if they would say, if that's what you need, we're going to figure this out. And uh, yeah, I'm going to give you those breaks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's very helpful um, what you're saying for, for the, the projector who are 
who are here today on the live. So um, I want to ask Tom first if you do have any questions. And if not, uh, I mean, not question for Tom, sorry. If Tom, you have anything to say or to add. And if you do, then I want to ask people if they have questions because I would love to have more interaction with everyone here. So Tom, do you have anything to, to add or to share? Oh, you know me, I never have anything to say. But that having been said, I will say this. We have waiters, we have doers. We've lived in a world now for quite some period of time where everybody is very strategic and manifestors with a propaganda that everybody was paying attention to. How do we start a conversation? What do you do? <laughs> As if that's meaningful. I tell people I clean portalettes for a living. You want to keep talking about it? <laughs> Mm -hmm. By the way, if I don't show up to do my job, your wedding is not going to smell that great. So, you know, we have all these assumptions around value that are not really value. Okay. I'm so pleased that we have reflectors and projectors in the world because without them, we would be completely lost. And if you look at the world, that the amount of people are lost, it's evidence of the fact that the projectors and the reflectors have been basically ignored for a long time or not seen because their tendency was they see all this busyness and they take that in and amplify it and become the busier ones. So they become super busy. All right. So all we see is another doer to compete with. Whereas the beauty of, of the responsibility that projectors and reflectors can have in being themselves is not trying to be doers. They're not doers. They're waiters. And I submit to you that the doers can and do do themselves right over a cliff on a daily basis and take a tremendous amount of resources and humanity with them over that cliff. If it weren't for the waiters, the projectors and the reflectors saying, <clears throat> excuse me, you're the waiting in that. Um, you might want to, you just might want to look where you're going before you actually arrive. You're heading for a 3,000 foot drop. Now, that is an incredibly high service. Now, generally speaking, what I could not begin to tell you what it is to give birth to a child. That is not my genetics. Why would I have any responsibility to tell? I would ask a woman who's given birth or is about to give the birth what that experience is about. Okay? So, once again, we really need the reflectors and the projectors to tell us rather than us to tell them because I don't know what it is to be a reflector. Yeah. I don't know what it is to be. Ah, now, if you will pull my chart up for you, I will show you something very interesting. But before we pull my chart up, would you put Cheryl's chart back up for just one second so mm -hmm. we can talk about projectors? Mm -hmm. Okay, what is it to give this person a proper invitation? The proper invitation for this person is to recognize what their channels are. They are both individual. If you go up to this person and say, I get the feeling that you know something of purpose and value that you can explain to me that will assist me in my living, that person's energy, the reflector, the projector's energy just went through the ceiling because they're, re they're actually recognized for who they are and what they are here to do, right? We're talking about the channel of struggle, finding purpose in life. This is the fear of, leaving, of living a meaningless life. So it's this constant looking for value and meaning in things. That's her unconscious channel. 
Notice the other unconscious channel in this lovely human being. She has the capacity to explain what she knows when invited properly, okay? Every time I sit down, and it's a rare occasion with reflectors, so we'll talk about projectors first, then we'll talk about reflectors. Every time I sit down with a projector, I tell them there is a huge joke going on here, and that is that you have come to me for guidance when the truth of the matter is you're in a much better position to guide me than I am to guide you. Now, pull my chart up for a second. I want to show you why I'm even willing to talk about projectors with any sense of knowing. Yeah. Can you make it larger? Uh, no. It's okay, don't worry about it. No. Everybody can see it, I think. Notice my sun and earth, the 4037. Notice my moon, the, the 55. Notice my authority emotions are all sitting there in a projected element. Yes, I'm a manifesting generator, but 70% of who and what I am, three of the motors, my authority, my sun and my grounding are all projected. So even though I'm a manifesting generator and I can go out there and cause the typical trouble that manifestor generators are capable of causing, I also have this incredible need to be seen and recognized. When I'm seen and recognized, you're gonna get four motors instead of one. You're gonna get my authority instead of my opinion. You're gonna get the truth instead of a, of, of a thought. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you look deeper at a chart, you'll see things that are not immediately obvious. I'm 70% a projector. So I have, I'm like a hermaphrodite times three. I am a manifester, I am a generator, but majority of who I am is a projector. I've always recognized the need for guidance because I'm, you know, we're hybrids, manifesting generators. Man, we're like a testarossa, okay? It'll go a thousand miles an hour, but when it hits the wall, it's obliterated, right? So I've always had this sense of, you know, it's very easy to build a giant ship just to go out and wreck the damn thing. Mm -hmm. A little guidance would be valuable. I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for projectors and reflectors. That's why I'm grateful that we're talking about them. They both need to have a tremendously intellectual involvement in the knowledge. Fred DeJody is the first reflector I have ever met that was not on some kind of drugs to prevent the horrifying conditioning that these creatures feel. <laughs> okay. But he's very studious and he, was, he lit up like a Christmas tree. Our first meeting was for a half hour to an hour at a coffee shop. We walked out of there five and a half hours later. <laughs> and he had as much to say to me as I had to say to him. And to encourage based upon recognizing who these people are and allowing them the privilege and yourself the privilege of having all that energy guided. Can you imagine the difference of the world we'd be living in if all that energy was actually based upon guidance that was appreciated, recognized, and followed? If you're looking for verbal guidance, you ask a projector. Because if you invite them properly, what comes out of them will be absolutely profound. If you're looking for Look, we're going through a very mutative time right now. We've been talking about this for a long time. We're taking the stick, the ruler, by which we measure the value of things and erasing all of those increments on that ruler and putting new increments on there that would actually benefit humanity rather than economies or countries or politics or whatever we've been dealing with all these years. 
How about the benefit of actual human beings? That's the purpose for design. Be yourself, know yourself, love yourself, okay? So you want verbal advice? You get yourself a, a projector of your type and authority and the profile, and you will get the most profound guidance you can get from anyone, anywhere, if you recognize them properly. If you want absolute pure guidance, just sit in the presence of a reflector and ponder how you feel about that reflector. If you are paying attention to your reaction to that reflector, what's he doing? He's reflecting you. If you like the reflector, it says you're doing okay because you can like yourself. There's no verbal necessary with the reflector. It's an incredibly high place that is going to come way up the line. In other words, projectors and reflectors are taking the place of the manifestors. No, it is not that manifestors are useless. They are very useful, but they've been useful for a long time, okay? Now it is time to get a different kind of usefulness, and if manifestors will go to projectors and reflectors for the same guidance, all that manifesting capacity will be of value rather than running over off a cliff for 3,000 feet. So that's quite a salvo, but I just want to, because we are talking about projectors and reflectors, I really want people to get how important these people always have been while they have been grossly ignored and how absolutely important they're going to be in this shift. And if you ignore them, good luck. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for um, sharing this, Tom. I think like to, to just put it in a two, three words that are very easy to understand for everyone, um, I think we can agree and say that reflectors are really here to reflect the way we feel about ourselves, right? When, when we're facing a reflector, we can definitely say, oh, I like me. You know, I can see me through the reflector as a reflection. I like me. I'm doing well. Um, and, and, and the projector is here to guide us. You know, it's, and when we have 70% of population who are generator and running around desperately trying to use their energy into something, um, that's when the projector comes. The projector have the gift to read and to, to see, to recognize the others um, in, in, in the middle of a struggle or whatever the case is, you know, and, and the generator will send the invitation. And when the invitation is correct, so the projector will be able to guide generators. So that's how also, you know, the dynamic is going between uh, reflector, projector, and generator. I'm not saying to, um, you know, what you shared about your charts, and it, it's not only you, but it's almost a lot of the channels are projected channels. So we're really here as a passive and receptive being. We are really here to wait, wait for the invitation, wait to respond, wait for a complete lunar cycle as a, as a reflector. So we are deeply, deeply passive and receptive. We are deeply here to... Um, to wait and that's one of my questions you know to for for fred um fred how do you feel how do you feel today you know the the collective consciousness how can you taste and and get a sample you know of what's going on on earth today about you know this duality 
between the propaganda of all the manifesto who was, okay, go, go, go. We need, we need to go get it. You know, I, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to sit and wait. I need to go, you know. And the new consciousness that is actually coming and, and here for many years already, you know, that is we are passive and receptive for like 300 years. It was 1781 when the, the mutation happened. So it, it has been here for 300 years. So how, Fred, do you feel about this? You know, what's your um, perspective on it? What's your, whatever you feel sharing? <laughs> okay. Yeah, like I said earlier, the reflector population is a vast spectrum of, of kind of areas of expertise and where they're what they are aware of and focused on. For me personally, like I said, uh, I'm kind of out there with the uh, individualism uh, perspective, which means I don't pay a lot of attention personally to what's going on on the planet because it's it's at a frequency that doesn't really interest me too much. Mm. It's like, okay, it's like these children are playing in their sandbox. Okay, uh, they'll figure it out eventually. I, I'm, I'm here to, uh, I don't know, provoke, you know, I've got that 39th gate, uh, certain people. And uh, like you said, uh, people in my presence generally feel pretty good because I like reflecting back all the good stuff. I, you know, that's part of the role of reflectors is the upliftment function. And occasionally, uh, I think it's tied into my uh, remaining not self-stuff. Occasionally, I, I get somebody that's provoked the other direction, where uh, I provoke something really uh, uh, negative. It doesn't happen very often anymore. But I think it's also, like I said, it's, it's reflection goes both ways. And so when, when I trigger somebody who gets really pissed at me or gets mad at me for some reason, or whether uh, I offended them by some way, it's you know it's good for both parties because it's waking them up to something, and it's also reflecting back to me further cleaning of my not self stuff. Mm -hmm. See, that's part of the big reason I'm attracted to human design is that the uh, re recognition and the cleaning out of the not self or, or shifting away from it. Now, like Tom said earlier, a lot of the reflectors he had met before me were kind of messed up with the, with not self junk going on because this isn't this is planet generator. This isn't planet uh, reflector or projector. And so, when we're born here and raised by families who don't realize reflectors don't fit into planet generator very or and projectors as well, manifestors, that they're brought up to be like sacral beings uh, or. Uh, you know, the homogenized effect where generators are brought up to be, have manifestor characteristics. Mm -hmm. and so that's so cool about human design is helping people bring their children up properly in, in the, the type they are. Um, let's see, did, where was I going with my conversation? You're asking me about the, my feedback on, on planet Earth. And like yeah. I said, uh, personally, I don't have a whole lot there. Because uh, I'm, I'm kind of focusing on, on the future. It's like I'm holding a place here and, and bumping into the right people at the right time. Yeah. Kind of like I bumped into you, Ben, because, yeah. you know, I, I joined the 62 Wisdom Keepers. And then, uh, oh, Ben's coming over to Boulder. Well, that's kind of cool. I, I got to meet this guy. Uh -huh. And uh, and so, again, I don't have any fourth lines, you know, for making relationship and connections. But yet I had somewhere, I had the... Um, impetus that again I'm the hermit in the closet all these second lines I don't normally take the initiative to 
reach out. Let's, oh, I got to meet this Ben guy. Say, hey, Tom, I bet Tom would like to meet this Ben guy. And so it's so cool I got you two together because this collaboration is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing this. Um, I would love to, um, to open the, the floor for everyone. So for all of you guys who are here, um, I think it's a lot of projector and reflector today. So please feel free to um, maybe simply unmute yourself. And if you have questions, comments, observation, uh, if the projector, do you have questions for Cheryl or Tom, you know, myself or to, to Fred, if the reflector want to add things, have questions, and then we can simply continue to talk a little bit more about the reflector, the, the projector, their strategy, you know, giving more examples. And um, I put those two pictures because um, I had a lot of things to say about those pictures. So maybe we can talk about this a little bit after. But first, I would love to open the, you know, the room for everyone. So please feel free to unmute yourself and ask, you know, if you have questions, comments, observations, so forth. Hi. 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 Uh, uh, I'm actually curious about the, the topic of this webinar. There is a rising phoenix, and I'm a mental projector with, uh, with only one channel, and I have in my incarnation cross this 59, 55th, and 69, and I heard that there is this shift in global cycles. Uh, I would be really uh, pleasure if you if you can something to say to it, to this global shift in the global cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so your question is, the, what about the global cycle? What about the global shift, correct? Mm -hmm. So um, we have a whole episode on this. I think it's episode three for the season one. Um, so you can have a look on the whole episode, but uh, we can definitely take a moment to, um, to talk about the shift quickly. Um, it is basically happening in 2027. Since 1615, um, we have this incarnation cross of planning who is uh, running the show here as a background frequency. Um, but this cross is going away and it's going away in 2027 and will be replaced by the incarnation cross of the sleeping phoenix. That's why I call the, the podcast the rising phoenix. It's because everything is collapsing at the moment and when we're going to enter in 2027, it's going to be the sleeping phoenix and the, the phoenix is rising from the ash. You know, it's the, the humanity is collapsing in a way that everything that we know today and taking for granted is going away. It's not going to be here anymore. You're not going to wake up anymore and taking for granted that, you know, you have food in a supermarket. All those things have been possible because of the cross of planning. Uh, and this is going away. We're going into um, a time that will be very much more individual and a survival individual. It is all about standing here as yourself, correct for yourself and being comfortable with, your with yourself and, and living you know, without any fear of being yourself. That's, that's mostly uh, the, the change that is happening. But uh, Tom or Fred, Cheryl, do, do you guys feel you know, saying something about this, this shift? No, nothing to share. Okay. So, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Tom, okay. do you want to? 
Okay, yeah, we, we have discussed this at, at quite a length, but uh, as six twos, we're gonna keep discussing it because we're the first ones over the hill. This is a big event and it is a major, major event. As I've said so many times, if we were going from the six to the five or the five to the four, or the four to the three, these are gradual steps, but we are going from the one, the insecure, must seek outside of ourselves process to the six, which is anything but that. It is returning to the inner truth to find who we are. Role models are not interested in history. History is the way it used to be. What we're interested in is the future, how it's going to be, how it's going to be that hasn't even been conceived of yet. This is why at exactly the same time, the new species starts coming into the world which is going to be in a sixth line milieu, which is very different than going and asking the gurus and all this, all this stuff outside, asking the human design uh, uh, analyst. Uh, you won't be asking outside of yourself anymore. You will be asking inside of yourself anymore. It is the returning to the inner truth that we are going to be experiencing in between now and November, which is for those of us that are paying attention, this is a training of where to get our information from, return to the inner truth to get the aha, I've got it, and now I can explain it, and thus I can make a contribution to the new direction by being receptive to the possession in great measure based upon recognizing the pressure coming from the 630 mutation. Did you follow what I just did there? I went from the 61st hexagram down to the 60th hexagram. This is called the power column. That's where the um, a magnetic monopole resides as well. It's the magnetic monopole is what holds us if in together from the illusion of our separateness. Get clear here, folks. There's really only one of us here. There are all these different expressions of that same oneness. If you take a diamond, a big diamond out of the ground, it's just a cloudy rock. If you start putting the facets on that diamond, that's what makes it brilliant, okay? So all these individual expressions of the oneness and the sameness is where we're going to. So it will no longer be an us and a them. The moment there's separation and us and a them, then what is there? Battlegrounds, warfare, prejudice, aggravation, all these things, you know, that have nothing to do with humanity, nothing. They have everything to do with our bodies wanting to survive. We are not bodies. We are passenger consciousnesses in a vehicle referred to as a body, into the meat incarnation okay so when we so-called die i won't even use the word anymore we don't die we leave the body when we leave the body what left that's who we are we are the passenger consciousness the body is a learning device an interface with this particular experience that's all it is and yet fear is comes from the thought that the body is going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a. And I remember, I remember yeah. um, you know, Alan Watts. Alan Watts he used to say uh, that if you're yeah. truly honest with yourself, if you fully, you know, embrace it and you observe, 
the biggest fear is what to do with this what to do with the flesh you know what to do and and that's why we're afraid that's why we have insecurity that's why we have the, that's why the mind is going crazy because we so identify with the body oh my god I, i'm scared you know the body so we have this fear that that is all around what to do with the body but as just tom say we passenger consciousness and sorry to to cut you tom but i just wanted to, to you know to to add this because it's very relevant um yeah, yeah keep going if no very good i mean we're, uh, what is human design trying to do other than to get us to resolve an identity crisis mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. yeah yeah and um you know? if you want to if you want to if you guys want to listen you know the the podcast we did last week with manesh um that was very incredible for me and I, and, I, and i would love to go more you know in the future into this kind of knowledge because human design is an incredible tool but we have a we can have a, a very bigger perspective here you know and tom said it's time to go back to the inner truth okay what does it mean you know it's, everyone is like you have to listen your heart listen to your heart you know listen to the intuition well if you don't listen to your heart you know what's the point you have a heart it's what is keeping you alive if the heart stops talking to you, you, you're not here anymore. You, you die. So it is very important to listening to the heart. And that's what is happening. It's the return to listening to the inner truth. And that's what also what the shift is all about. It's about starting to trust yourself instead of trusting something else. You know, instead of going out and asking for everyone opinions that are not fact. They are not fact, they are opinions. People are giving you opinions and you take decisions based on those opinions and then you wonder why your life is so fucked up. Well, maybe it's time to, to take decision as yourself. And that's why human design is here. We have an inner authority. And that's what is the incarnation cross of planning that was here for the last 400 years, it's all about giving your power away to those institutions who are telling you what to do, when to do it, with who to do it, and how to do it. No, no. Leave me alone. I don't want to do those things. I want to do me. I want to listen to me. That's it. And that's where we're going, the inner truth. That's why we have inner authority. That's why we have been equipped with a strategy and an authority, it's to relate on ourselves. It's not to relate to someone else. They may be right. You know how many people keep telling me, Ben, you should do that, Ben, you shouldn't do this, and Ben, the podcast this, and blah, blah, blah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But it's not correct for me. It's not. They may be right, but it's not correct for me. And that's what human design is bringing to us. You know, that's where we're going. So this is the shift. The shift, it's all about being yourself, with yourself, loving yourself, be, being comfortable with yourself without any fear. Any fear of being you. Standing here alone, facing the homogenization world, and being different. I mean, it amazed me. Everyone is like, oh, I'm different, I'm different. But at the moment, you have to show that you are different. Everyone freaked out and they all go back with the ship. 
Well, I'm telling you, I'm in the wolf business. I don't do sheep. You want to be a sheep? Go return with the rest of the zoo. Doesn't interest me. I'm a wolf. I train wolves. That's what I do. That's my trip. I show you how you can stand up for yourself and tell everyone to fuck off. It's me. I do me. You like me? Awesome. You don't like me? Awesome. Go do something else. I do me. That's it. That's it. It's easy. But what is easy to do, it's also easy to not do. Find the courage. To all of you, find the courage to be yourself, to stand for yourself, to stand by yourself, to you, 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 individual, individualization. I love listening Fred talking. It's like, well, collective consciousness, well, you know, I'm individual, it's me. I love this. It doesn't mean we don't care. No. See, it's the same with all the distractions that we have here in the world today. And I think Tom, Fred, you know, anyone can agree with this. Too many distractions. What's the point of the distraction? It distracts you from the truth. And then guess what we get? Identity crisis. It distracts you from the truth. And I put this picture, uh, and I write something here. Yeah, I put this picture. One of the reasons why I put this picture is because I can feel the earth, the, the consciousness, everyone moving from something that is very chaotic here, you know, it's, it's all those things, it's going everywhere to, to a wave that is way more mellow, way more chill, way more patient, way more quiet. You know, we, we're moving from something that is a lot of agitation to something that is way more mellow. And then we're going to have connection heart to heart. It's not going to be business to business. It's going to be heart to heart. That's what I'm seeing here. That's why Wayne Tom saying, you know, we're not interested about what is happening in the past or even what it, it, it's happening right now. It doesn't interest me. I want to have a look on what's coming. Nothing is us. Again, you know, based on what just Tom say, but nothing is us. We passenger here. Nothing is mine. The alchemist people, and I spent eight years, eight years traveling around the world in more than 31 countries, a lot of time in East Europe, um, meeting witches and, and alchemists and wizards, you know. And one of the beautiful things of being an alchemist is the mutation. And it's also understand that I'm here in this body and death is just, I'm not here anymore and I'm not in this body anymore. Pay attention to what I say. I'm here in this body and I'm not here and I'm not in this body anymore. I haven't say I am the body. I just say I'm in the body because my consciousness is immortal. I'm traveling. I'm traveling. We all travelers right now. Mm. What did I say at the beginning? If I put everything together in a sophisticated way, I will tell you everything is about moving. Life is about direction. We, we are moving. We are travelers. We travel into time space reality, having experience here. That's it. 
And when you truly understand this, there's no more insecurity. There's no more competition. There's no more you and I, and I win and you lose. And there's no more of those things. We, we, we are not interested in those things. It's us as a whole. Yes, Tom. We keep talking about things going away. Yeah. And I think we might want to refine the idea about things going away. Things are going into mutation. Into mutation, yeah. They're going into mutation in order to come out in a higher form. This is not the end of anything. This is the beginning of something, okay? Mm -hmm. It's the beginning of something different that is going to be added to the foundation. Look at the channel of mutation, the 60th hectogram, limitation. That's mm -hmm. the old way. It's the old genetic material. The three difficulty at the beginning. This is the new material. These are the downloads that are happening right now, not for the purpose of destroying anything. Mm -hmm. It's for the purpose of preventing so much destruction that has been going on. Mm -hmm. The tribe will emerge without the need for war and bloodshed. They will emerge from the idea that everything is a competition to the reality that everything is a cooperation. We are all co-creators. We are not co-destroyers. Well, apparently we are at this point with 56 wars raging on the planet, but that is the purpose for the mutation. So please do not get, go into fear or be scared that everything is going away. It is not. We give the child the bath, we throw the bath water out, we keep the child. Yeah. It's not all going away. It's going into mutation to come out a better way. That's the the quarter of the wheel that we are in right now is civilization. Something was initiated in initiation. Now it's about perfecting or improving or making better that initiation. It just so happens that we're going through a gigantic step that is not an annual process. This is a very large cycle we're coming to and it is going to be a huge step. So what's the first thing we have to know? We don't know. The most intelligent question answer you can ever give to a question is, I don't know, but I am in observation. If you are in observation at this moment, you will be informed. If you are holding on to belief systems in this moment, nothing gets in the way more quickly or more effectively than a belief system. We do not want to turn human design into a belief system. Ra said over and over again, if you believe me, you're a damn fool. And he was absolutely right. Look at his 26th, fourth line. He's a liar. <laughs> but it wasn't about Robert Allen Krakauer. It was about the message that he was given, why he now called Ra Uruhu. Who the hell is going to listen to Robert Krakauer, right? <laughs> okay. But the point here is it is about mutation to prevent destruction, to prevent this endless competition, to prevent this endless separation, which is battlegrounds and hatred, it's done. Thank you very much, you served your purpose, it's done. But we're not done, <laughs> we're not done. We're an evolutionary species making a giant evolutionary step. Now, if you see it from an evolutionary perspective, it is a learning, but if you see it from a true perspective, it is a remembering. It is a remembering of who and what we are. This is the identity crisis we're talking about. If you look at what's going to happen to the, 64, the 63 and the four, 
that channel splits in 2027. It no longer functions as a channel. If you look at the 19 and the 49, that channel splits. The 19 and the 49 don't operate as a channel. The 49 goes one way, the 19 goes another way. What does this mean? We're no longer going to be asking questions outside of ourselves to come up with an answer. We're going to get an answer from inside of us. If the 63 has got to go a different way, what's it going to go? It's going to hit the 61, the inner truth. It isn't going to keep asking questions, particularly when people say the best answer they can give a question is, I don't know. I don't know, which is a sign of receptivity. In 2027, the strategic starts dying off to be replaced with the receptive. More than that, a new species coming, not an emotional motor, an emotional awareness. When you were looking at your picture, you're looking at all the chaos over the red side and the coolness over on the blue side. This is a beautiful thing. This is where we're going, from the hot agitation to the cool cooperation. That's not the problem. Everything is going to improve based upon this thing. Uh, you've got to be willing to let go of the old files if you're going to be able to make use of the new files. So that's, that's quite a bit to say, Mikkel, about all that. I hope you got some portion of the answer you were looking for. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Very good. It's always interesting for me. Very good. Yeah. Anyone else, you know, let, let's just uh, keep talking, all of us. So if you guys have questions, you know, things to add or things to just feel free to unmute yourself about, you know, sharing about projector or reflector. Um, Cheryl, if you have more things that you want to add about the projector, you know, more like advice you want to give them based on the strategy, the authority, you know, the, what it means to be a projector. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so your strategy authority is important, you know, waiting, um, patience, that's what I learned during the waiting. And one thing that confuses a lot of projectors is that when they're waiting, they're doing that they supposed to do nothing. That's not what we're saying. Waiting is you're waiting to interact with other people, other types. That's what you're waiting for. But when you're waiting, you can do things for yourself. You know, you can go to the park, you can go to the store, you can sign up for a class, you know, but it's the interaction between other types, that's what you're waiting for, for the invite. And when you in, got invited, that's when you start um, manifesting. Because that's something that projectors have, you know, what I hear is like, because I'm a projector, I cannot manifest. We can all manifest, but it's all differently. We all have to wait for something. Um, let me see what other tips. So also what's important for the projector is stop looking um, inward. We're not here to know ourselves. We're here to know the other. And while you get to know the other, that's when you learn who you are. You're going to learn what you don't like and what you like. So because we are raised and conditioned to be manifestors or project uh, generators, um, especially generators, that's what we're conditioned to be. Um, generators are here to learn themselves, get to know themselves. So for us, that's not, that's not important. So if somebody tells you to go, go reflect, go, go, go do an inner journey, that's not us, you know? And I, I, it has been difficult for me 
because I know the, the hardest question that someone can ask me is, tell me something about yourself. That's the worst thing you can ask a projector. So as generators who are listening or manifestors or, or reflectors, don't ask the projector, uh, um, who are you? You know, that's the worst thing. That's what we ask to, add to the generator, you know. That's our job, ask the questions, you know. Uh, generator, can you tell me something about yourself? You know, and then they start, you know. La, 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 this is me, this is what I do. So that's the major, one of the biggest tips, you know. Nice. Shut up, uh, don't go too much inner journey. Just uh, observe and wait patiently. And while waiting, go do hobbies, go do things you love to do. Go sit in a park. While you're sitting in the park reading a book, you will get maybe an invitation, somebody who also read the book. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah. Trust your aura. Yeah. That's also very important for the, for the projector. Trust your aura. The invites will come. And the more you accept correct invites, the more correct invites you, your aura will attract from the correct people who are part of your energy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thank you for sharing this. I just want to say, um, Cheryl, he, she's doing um, projector training, right? You have a, a very specific uh, projector class, projector training with your friend Rose. Um, you guys exactly. use Splenic Projector, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so if you want to contact Cheryl, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, her details. She's uh, Cheryl Glenn's on Facebook, a human design experience on Facebook. So you, can, you guys can contact her and you guys can just ask, you know, about the projector training that I really invite you to, to go check it out because uh, I think it's a two days, correct? It's a two days. It's a three days, three days. So we have three uh, weekends, maybe sometimes Saturday or Sunday. And because we're both splenic, it's all about um, spontaneous and um, the correct energy. So when people contact, uh, contact us, that's most of the time when we start doing a um, an workshop, then we um, promote it and see who, yeah. um, you know, react to it. And it's not only for the projectors, you know, other types can uh, join as well if you want to learn more about your, the, your protect, the projectors in your life. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's a good, it's a good uh, course. We talk about, the, you know, what recognition is, the different types of invitations, um, you know, stuff like that. And we do a lot of exercises. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice, thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, I have uh, two, two questions. There's two questions in the chat. Uh, the first one is, what's the difference between mental projector and a reflector? And then Miriam, she was just asking, so no inner work as a projector. Yeah, well, inner work can be, you know, the inner work can be, well, spend some time to heal your wounds, you know, which is inner work. But you are not here to know yourself. You are here to know the others. Um, so yes, you can do inner work to heal yourself with your wounds and, you know, everything that you have, but your focus is on the others. Correct, Cheryl? Yes, that's correct. It's more about um, what I mean. Don't, don't be like, this has happened to me, that happened to me, and blah, blah, blah happened to me, and I'm totally focused on me, 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 me. You know, it's uh, not about it. Of course, we're healing. Of course, we have trauma and we need to heal. But it's not our, we're not designed to really stay in, in, that, in that position and really get our focus uh, on ourselves, it's really when we focus on the other, that's when we start healing as well. 
-hmm. especially when you meet other generators who have experienced the same um, traumas as you and you're invited to guide them during the guidance you get to know yourself and you start healing as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well that's profound what you share because i remember i had um, this this experience with a woman like um, it was a very difficult relationship she's a um, 62 emotional projector and she was constantly constantly self-absorbed self-absorbed only focusing on her and and it was really hard like super hard to just interact and communicate and i was keep telling her well you you know to focus on the others and, and that's when you will get the point of it. it it will give you an advantage and then you can guide and heal um yeah it was difficult so it's a very good point what you just say thank you for sharing this yeah thank you for asking uh-huh oh wow okay also a good question um what about so difference between mental projector and reflector what can we say about this i i think Mostly the question should be what's the difference between a projector and a reflector uh, because a mental projector is simply defined uh, you as a specific projector. You know, we have splenic projector, uh, emotional projector, blah, blah, blah. But a mental projector, um, let's just say what's the difference between a projector and a reflector, maybe. What do you think? Uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Who are you asking? Are you asking me or yeah, maybe Fred? Um, Maybe, maybe Fred or, yeah, Cheryl, what you guys want to share about the difference between a projector and a reflector? Uh, I think it has to do a little bit maybe because they're... Um, no, I, I really don't know. I cannot really say, answer this question. I think uh, maybe Tom, can you answer this question? Yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to talk. go back and talk to something that you were talking about, Cheryl, a moment ago, and then we'll go to this question, okay? Yeah. I think you saying a moment ago, okay, yes, it is not about you knowing yourself, it is about knowing the other. There is a truth in that, but there is not an absolute truth in that it is not about you knowing yourself, okay? That's going a little too far with that truth. You will find out who you are when people invite you properly into guiding them. You need not only to have them listen to you, you listen to you because that's you coming out. That's the mechanism whereby you will get to know yourself by being what you are here to be with others. Exactly. So let's be careful about etching in granite the idea that you're never gonna know yourself. I'm not convinced that's true. I'm not convinced it's not true. I just think that objectivity and being open to possibilities, being receptive to possibilities that we don't know will be far more productive than projecting what the future is going to be and then making it as such. I mean, you, you will be astonished, okay? The same thing for a mental projector versus a reflector. However, there's a big difference. One of them is a solar type and the other is a lunar type. And I'm constantly telling Fred and all the reflectors I ever deal with all this information about everybody else that is not a reflector has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? It doesn't. They're lunar type of people, okay? They're not here to be bound by any of the rules of solar types. They are here to reflect us to us so that we can see who we are. 
how we're doing in their presence. Whereas a mental projector, I would say the same thing to a mental projector. That the, the discussion is with a mental projector because it's just mine, they have no inner authority. That doesn't mean they don't have authority. They do have authority. It's for everyone else. When someone comes up to a mental projector and recognizes that person, suppose they're a logical mental projector, okay? Everything's logical. I get, and somebody walks up to that person and says, I get the feeling that you know something about the patterns and the way things are supposed to operate and you've got the details to express those opinions to me. What comes out of that mental projector at that moment is going to be an incredible awareness and potential transference of authority to the person who asked the question. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you're invited properly, what's gonna come out of you is profound. So once again, to the mental projector, I'd say you get to know what your mind is when someone else properly asks you for it and it comes out. Listen to yourself speaking to that person. It's actually you speaking in that moment. And it's not about your authority, it's about how that person can get to their authority. Suppose a person's totally individual and someone comes up and says, I get the feeling that you, you know, there's a mental projector, but it's nothing but individual, okay? The 61, 24, 43, 20, 23. I get the feeling you know something you could explain to me. Watch what happens to that projector in that moment. Their energy is going to go through the roof and what's going to come out of them is a profound authority. Mm -hmm. It's just not an authority for them. Mm -hmm. But it is them speaking when they're invited. You see what I'm saying? We want to we make these rules so rigid and they're not. They're not that rigid. Yeah. A reflector has a completely different process. As I said before, you both need to have a strong intellectual connection to the material to understand how these beings operate so that you can guide them. But the reflector doesn't have to be so verbal. He can be, and quite often what he has to say, Fred de Jody, the, the one, in my 27 years of design, I've run into one person as a reflector. I know there are more, Fred's bringing them to me, but I've run into one reflector that was not on drugs to deal with the world of some form, street drugs, alcohol, whatever it was. They were just trying to cope. Fred's not trying to cope. <laughs> Fred is really experiencing what there is there, okay? He, and the, there's great relief in the near future for the projector's bitterness, for the reflector's disappointment. It will become sweetness and surprise because when things shift, what are we going to need more than anything? Guidance. Mm -hmm. Guidance. Totally. So um, it is our responsibility to wake up projectors and reflectors to their role. Yeah. I will always do that. And Thank you, Tom. I am probably good at doing it because I am 70% a reflector. Yeah. So there Thank you go. Tom. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fred, do you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention a little bit about the mental uh, projector. Uh, yeah, I think the statistics are 97% of the people have inner authority. So there, there's an inner body sense for making decisions. 
And uh, that's where mental projectors and reflectors are like. We don't have that inner body sense, consistent inner body sense for making decisions. And so there is some overlap. Like, you know, I have the, uh, for making major decisions, the only thing consistent in my life is the moon cycle. And so every 28 days, the, the moon consistently gives me all the same gates and exactly the same rhythm my whole life. And so that's, uh, for making big decisions, I wait till something clicks in place. Oh, that feels right, you know, after the, the four weeks. But on the short term, I'm like a mental projector. There's no consistent inner body sense. And uh, that's where I'm, I'm listening to Roz talks when he talks to uh, mental projectors and reflectors. He has uh, several suggestions for getting in touch as what is the correct short-term uh, action. And one of those is the soundboarding. You know, you talk with somebody else. It's like Tom was saying, uh, I need to hear what comes out of my mouth. So, uh, so oftentimes uh, I'll call up Tom. Hey, Tom, I need to soundboard about stuff because uh, I need to connect in because I don't have 28 days to make the decision. I need to talk it out. So anyway, mm -hmm. so that's, a, that's the similarities with the, the mental projector. It has that same environmental authority, they call it, uh, to, uh, you know, since they don't have the inner body sense. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Um, it's been an hour and a half now that we are, we are here. So it may be enough for everyone. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot information to take. Um, we're going to, we're going to have this last question, maybe from Michael, cause he, he asked a great question. Um, is it Michael, do you want to use 60 sure. reflector correct? And you have a, a daughter that is a two, four projector and you feel so please ask your question. We can talk a little bit about this. And then uh, I think that will be good for today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, it's not a problem so much as maybe an observation and something a little interesting that I deal with. I, I just feel like with, um, and again, to recap, so I'm a reflector. I'm a 6'2 reflector. Uh, I found this podcast. Actually, Fred invited me this morning. He sent me a message. Mm -hmm. I reached out to him last week. And uh, he said, well, sorry, I didn't see your message, but hey, you should come, come check this out. And I'm really glad I did. Mm -hmm. Thank so, you. Um, but uh, and I'm and I'm pretty new to human design. A couple of weeks ago, I took a little online class that a friend of mine was putting together, and I don't think that she's even. Uh, it's something that she just was getting into and wanted to share, and so that's how I got into that. And I so I ran charts for myself and for my daughter, and mm -hmm. and so she's a, she's a projector. She's seven, and uh, our relationship is is very close, very intense to where I almost feel like, you know, the difference between her and I is just. I, I can't even tell sometimes and I'm mostly okay with that, but it's, it's a very different kind of feeling. And just in listening to Cheryl talking earlier and about the intensity of that projection and it just was sort of all falling into place. It's like, okay, I'm just kind of, you know, I can meet somebody and be kind of the chameleon like Fred was talking about earlier where mm -hmm. I just kind of start talking like that person or I'll start a, I mean, it, that's always happened to me as well. You know, I'm a, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so how do I, I don't know. Is there any, is there any advice for, for handling that dynamic to where, you know, I have to be her parent, but also I just am her when we're together so much of the time. Yeah. So the question is mostly like how, like how can you have the best dynamic between you reflector and the daughter who is a projector, correct? Right. Maybe, I mean, maybe I just don't worry about it. Maybe there's not even a question here, but, uh, uh, I, I just I knew that there would be some insights if I wow. brought it up. <laughs> wow. 
um, well, I'm going to let uh, either, you know, Cheryl or, or, or Fred, you know, talking about the experience with children and how, like, how they can uh, um, relate to that. So, yeah, please, Cheryl, Fred, if you have something to say about it. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, we don't have the charge to look at to see what kind of gates are active, to mm -hmm. see if there is some kind of um, dominance, you know, in the gates. And I really don't know about, you know, um, human design side and raising children. There are classes, though, with the human design school, I think. There are some people who teach those um, classes for parents um, to help them raise their child. So I think that's something you could look into. And, yeah. Good. And maybe if, if it's if she's is she, is she an only child? Is she's she, an only she, child, yeah. Because I've been an only child, and I remember like my mom was a gener is a generator, a two four generator, and I remember, you know, as a child that because she wanted the recognition, you want attention, you want to be seen. I would cling on to my mom more. You know, maybe that's something that dominated between us. Um, I don't know if that's something you can relate with because you make yeah. that one-on-one -on -one connection, you know, the projector is a one-on-one -on -one connection. So maybe she's just, you know, her focus is all on you as her parent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of the things that can be very helpful for you is to, to understand, okay, what's the projector about? The, from my understanding, the projector is looking for the success, but he's looking for the recognition. So he's looking mm -hmm. to be seen and to be recognized. So, you may gonna have a child who is constantly you know around you because she tried to get attention and she's trying you know to 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 be seen from you um so she's right. trying to get invitations so maybe you know if she's open throat maybe the not self gonna start and she will constantly be talking and talking and trying to initiate and trying to be like or trying to be validate or trying to be approved so i think it's all about recognizing that you have a projector child who is obviously a non-energetic type so she's gonna need to sleep a lot but also validating her or, you know you see her that you recognize her you know those kind of validation can be very and to build self-love and self-confidence Yeah, yeah I, th I think so. I think she does want that a lot. And I think it's good for me to keep in mind that's what she's doing. That's what she's doing. If I feel like she's bugging me, it's just because she's, you know, expressing what she needs at that time. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. All right, Tom, do you want to say something? And then, you know, then we can... Uh... We can maybe end, end the podcast for today because it's a lot of uh, energy and I'm starting to feel my sacral is running out of energy. <laughs> okay. Um, on the question of parenting, the best thing you can do, we don't have the chart to look at, so there can't be specific information. All the information is going to be fairly general unless we have your chart and her chart, and then the information could be rather specific. But the, on the short term, the thing you could do that would be very useful to you and your daughter in terms of parenting is to familiarize yourself with the channels that she has and speak to her through those channels. Invite her to tell you what it is 
that she knows that you know based upon knowing the channel that she would be capable of doing. That is gonna be the greatest encouragement you could possibly offer this child is to recognize, say, look, viva la difference. All of us are different, okay? But the two of you, you and her, are both waiters. So you can talk about the value of waiting. You can talk about the value of her waiting to be invited. Now, how old a child are we talking about, Michael? Uh, she's seven. Seven? She's seven. Yeah. Oh, well, perfect. She's just now reaching the age of reasoning. So this is an incredibly beautiful time for you to be able to speak with her. If you, the first thing you could do, in my, in my opinion, to answer the question that you asked about parenting, is get familiar with the channels that she does have and speak to her as if you know about those processes. That is going to encourage her to be herself, that is going to give her the invitation to come from that place. And if she starts coming from that place and noticing when she's being recognized, everything with or without your guidance is going to become easier for her. But that's the way you could guide her in a very general way, okay? Families are rather uh, complex. There's all these different individuals. It depends on you know what, what's going on there. But the general question is, don't homogenize this child any more than you would want to be homogenized, okay? Don't give her advice that is about collective nonsense when she's not about collective nonsense, okay? Now, <laughs> if, she has, if all of her projected uh, channels are collective, then she'd be somewhat about the collective, but not the collective nonsense, okay? So right. sorry for the general question. It is a question that really asks for the two charts, and then it can be spoken about very specifically. But that's that's what I have to offer. Okay, Th thank you very much. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome, you. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm gonna end with this, and uh, then if you guys wanna have more question, you know, depends on Tom and Cheryl and Fred. Is they do have energy, we can you know um, stay after. That's what we usually do. We usually go through you know the podcast, and then we normally take questions, uh, and yeah. we can have a break between. Uh, yes. But anyway, so again, today was about the reflector and the projector, you know, the importance of having those two beautiful beings uh, on earth. We have a, uh, a reflector who do have auras that is very simple taste, the environment, reflect the environment. We have a projector that have a very penetrating and focused aura. Uh, both are non-energetic type, you know, non-energetic type. Uh, they are here to guide us, they are here to guide us and to reflect on us. Um, they are becoming more and more important today in our society. And, um, and we talk about, yeah, the connection from the heart and how you know, we can interact to one another and where we're going as well today as a, as a whole. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate that you guys are you know, following with us every, every week. It's really nice. So again, that was myself, Benjamin Torre. You guys can find me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Ben Life Changer. This is Facebook, Instagram, Ben Dash Life Changer. Uh, I'm a 6'2 left on the cross of prevention. Uh, we had Cheryl today, beautiful Cheryl. She's a projector splenic, the left on the cross of the mask. She's teaching the specific, you know, living your design and a, and a specific workshop for projector. So you guys consider yourself invited, you know, to, to, to check this with her uh, human design experience on Facebook. 
and here's Tom. A lot of you are asking me in email or you know text message, how can I contact Tom? Well, this is how you can contact Tom. This is his email here. That's the best way for him, right, Tom? Because he's not yeah. so much into Facebook and the best. If you guys want to have a reading with Tom, because uh, he's offering reading, uh, that would be an amazing experience. He's a 6-2 manifesting generator, emotional. Um, feel free to email him. He will be very happy uh, to answer. So again, be correct for yourself. That was the Rising Phoenix podcast. It's a 6-2 perspective. Uh, oh, season, season two, sorry. We are season two. I made a mistake. <laughs> and next week, we will have episode three. And episode three, we will talk about generator and manifester. But this is the season two. I made a little mistake this morning when I made the slide. <laughs> That's a line, line three today. Yeah, yeah, third line. Making some mistakes. <laughs> How funny. All right. So thank you very much. And um, up, I'm going to stop the recording.